This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com. This show is brought to you by IndieWrestling.us. Check out IWC, RWA, and more. And listeners like you, support this show at Patreon.com slash Wrestling Mayhem Show. Hey guys, it is the Indie Mayhem Show. I'm Mike Sorgat, Sorgatron on the Twitter here in Pittsburgh, PA. This is the show where we talk about people in and around independent professional wrestling. And uh, we've been hitting some big topics here lately, and that is continuing, of course, with our guest today. But first, please go check out everything at IndieWrestling.us, WrestlingMayhemShow.com. That's where you can find uh, this and past uh, past interviews and, and other, other podcasts and other great products and, and a lot of the people that we talk with. On the show, you can see in action thanks to IndieWrestling.us, whether it be the 24-hour feed over on Twitch, YouTube, clips, uh, full matches, or over at IndieWrestling.network. I encourage all of you guys to subscribe to all those things, including this podcast on your favorite podcatcher as well. If you are joining us live, if you're seeing this later, you're listening to it later, if you like the conversation we have going on, please hit that share button. Please review if you're on iTunes or, or, or Google Podcasts, and, uh, and, or if you're, you're watching this on facebook hit a hit a watch party and uh, uh join in the conversation and share the conversation there as well with me today we have uh, and he has recently been on the show probably about a month or so ago uh, in our quarantine hangouts back on the show yes. he came to me with the topic that he wanted to uh, uh, uh talk about on the show seemed like the right time for it drake braddock back with us again Greetings and salutations, Indie Mayhem Show. How are you? Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back. So, uh, you 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 had a topic you you presented to me about talking with uh you know I you know I yeah. know this is another podcast but we named this one Wrestling with Depression uh but yeah. <laughs> but it seems to fit it fit uh pretty you know uh, pretty squarely on this so so talk us a little bit about this um you know wh- why did you why do you think now is the good time to, to talk about depression around professional wrestling um i think it was the, it was a really good time not just because um a lot of people have lost their jobs but you know as it, independent wrestling right now is at an absolute standstill mm-hmm. you know i know some of them were, were were trying to get back into things but some some of you ladies and gentlemen out there are not working mm-hmm. and um, it could put you through a lot because if you're just starting out, like you've built up this character, you've built up this persona and you've built up this um, presence on social media and then there's no payoff for the show, you know? And the only thing you have right now is you are basically nine to five on your computer, you know, doing social media selling your merchandise and things like that. And it, it could, if you're doing well, like uh, some guys, like I'll, I'll plug him, Lee Moriarty, um, <laughs> doing very well, uh, buy his T-shirts, um, buy all the Pittsburgh guys' T-shirts, please, for the love of God. But um, if you're a guy who is really struggling with social media and struggles with um, things like, oh, what do I say? What do I do? You know? Um it can it can really really tear you up, and um, if if you're a guy or girl out there and starting out, it it's just hard. It, I think it's really hard right now. So I'm sure there's a lot of indie workers right now who are probably going through that. Maybe not want to talk about it. And I was like, I have no problem talking about it. So it was 
it was probably right after I heard about Hanukkah and such. And at 22, God rest her soul. Like, and to hear that it was cyberbullying um, was just, pardon my French, it, it's bullshit. It's really hard. Um, there's a lot of positivity that comes from wrestling, and it should stay there. Uh, I, I got nothing else right now. I'm just, I'm, I, things like that just heartbreak me, you know? Absolutely. And, and you told me, you know, you, you have you know, your own kind of, you've battled with this as well. And, and we thought maybe like the best thing was to kind of go through that and, and have you tell your story about this as well. Um, you know, I didn't know that this is something that you dealt with myself. I mean, I always see you. You are uh, one of the most high energy uh, individuals I see come through the curtain and uh, <laughs> yell squarely yeah. in the middle of our camera lens uh, about every. I break show. that fourth wall. Yeah. <laughs> you, you break the fourth wall and right into somebody's living room. It seems. <laughs> oh man! So we got like that's uh, as Ryan Reynolds said. You know fourth wall break inside a fourth wall break 16 mm-hmm. walls i don't know but um yeah it's uh this was even before wrestling this is even before i started wrestling like uh struggling with depression uh everyone has their everyone has their demons they they they're dealing with um i'll i'll go i'm about to go a little dark folks because uh it's i'm it's one of many stories but uh I came from a home where uh, my brother passed away at 15. Uh, my sister was using uh, drugs, and um, my parents weren't handling it well. So I always felt like I was the last hope, you know, in a family. Um, but my, my family always did their best in that situation. And my outlet started in theater and stage combat and fight choreography, things like that. And um, <clears throat> when that went away, because it was a lot of like, um, a lot of the work was, hey, you have to get up and you have to move now. And it wasn't just like, oh, you, you, you go to a show for the weekend, then you're done. No, it was like, hey, you have to move. You have to get this temp job, nine to five. And then you go rehearse, you know, uh, for seven shows a week, twice on Sunday. And um, I couldn't do that. <laughs> I couldn't do that uh, I had a family, I had a family to start and such. Um, so I had some temp work. I, I moved to Indianapolis, uh, got married, and I was I had some temp job. And it was god awful, and I'm like, I need I need something better. So moved to Pittsburgh and uh, started uh, teaching martial arts. And from there, I will drop his name because I owe my career to this man. Uh, Chris Larusso was like. Why don't you, uh, why don't you uh, do a trial for pro wrestling? Go to go to uh, PWS, and uh, they liked me for a bit, um, and part ways from there, I uh, started getting work at uh, Black Diamond, things like that. And when Rise came about, mind you, I'm going. Sorry, I'm going like a mile a minute right now. I'm just mm-hmm. excited to the, the- get the story out. Um, <clears throat> It was probably around after I broke my collarbone, which uh, something I something I don't talk about too much, but they said like the bone did this, and it started like doing a cha cha slide. And so, so your it, collarbone uh, like like rotated around itself where it broke. It, it, it's it was during a ma- it was during the match. Like I I, I was wrestling Kato and uh, did a drop kick, 
took a fall and I'm like, whew, all right, well, it's, it's still in place. Everything's good. And then, um, something, it was, a I, I took a, a face bump and I felt it break completely. And I'm like, Oh no, this is bad. I felt like, uh, from my neck down to like my chest just went numb. And, uh, he puts me in a headlock and he's like, you okay? And I said, I think I broke my collarbone, sir. And he's like, do you want to go on? And Drake was like, yeah, let's go on. I think we can do this. But me, I was like, hmm, is this worth it right now? And uh, Cato, God, God love him, he made a good decision, rolled me up one, two, three. I ran across the street to the hospital, and the doctor said, wow, like, uh, you're lucky. I'm like, why? He says, well, it almost hit your subclavian, and that's a big main artery right there. So Jeez. to hit that, yeah, it may not be here right now. But um, they gave me a bunch of pain pills. They put me in a sling, and they said, hey, you're going to probably be in this for about uh, 10 to 12 weeks, and um, you know, you shouldn't, uh, you shouldn't be wrestling or doing anything. And I'm like, but I'm a teacher. Like, I have to. I have to do something. Um, they sent me on my way. I came back to the show, and um, Quinn Magnus said, you know, what's, what's up? What's going on? I'm like, well, they bro I broke it completely. I don't know what to do. He goes, you want to go out there and do a promo? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Mind you, I'm on Percocet. So I was like, yeah, sure. Okay. Oh, no. And I think, no, it was, it was good. It was, it was very much a fall down seven times, get up eight, and uh, promo. And that's where Yes Sir started, you know, just uh, – from there, it was – that's when Depression's Ugly Head kind of rolled again where I'm like, hey, you're not wrestling. And uh, you're, you're teaching kids martial arts with one arm. And um, that was rough. That was a really rough period because I had, I had nothing. Mm -hmm. um, and then as, um, as I healed up – I healed up in four weeks. I was told you're not supposed to do anything for uh, 10 to 12, but I healed it for, and they said, hey, you should go to physical therapy. And I'm like, nope, can't afford it, and I have a gym right here. So, yeah. Um. <laughs> so, so you, so I want to, I want to put that into some context here too, because I mean, I think you demonstrated a couple of things that we talk about. We talked about several times on this and the other show with wrestlers, like this idea of you're injured, you want to keep going. Obviously, Kato made the call for you. You know, and and yeah. and this uh, early early healing that seems to happen a lot. Uh, yeah. You know, was this was this a matter that that it just seemed to heal and was good good enough ahead of schedule, or you know, was it? Do you think you kind of jumped that a little bit and, and maybe um, you know hit it at like eighty percent and not a hundred when you came back? I think when I came back, I if I was at. If I was at 100%, yeah, I was probably at, like, 95. Okay. Um, there was a lot of – there was probably a lot of rust there. But every day, I was like, I'm going to make sure every single day I prove them wrong that I'm not going to be healed in 10 to 12. I'm going to do it in four. So every day, it's like, what can I do around the house? What can I do to exercise? Like, can I squat? Yep, I can do sit-ups. I can do this. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> like, three of the four limbs were just – running overtime and it kept me it just kept me going like 
And I made I made it a full time job to just make sure I kept focus. And um, <clears throat> because if there was ever a moment where I was sitting down and it was in my thoughts, it would just you would just dive in that hole. Yeah. And it's not a fun place. It's not a fun place. But um, yeah, I treat it every day like uh, day zero. I'm, I'm going to do something new every single day. I'm going to get stronger every single day. And um, <clears throat> when I came back, it was a lot of just my training kind of plateaued. And um, <clears throat> came back uh, to it was the Berg Brawl. Um, years foggy. Doesn't matter. I came back to Berg Brawl and they said, hey, you're going to win it. Like, oh, awesome. Cool. And um, <clears throat> with everything that goes on in wrestling, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of story changes, storylines and such, where you know, where you fit and everything. And um, <clears throat> where I was, when you're told one storyline, and this happens every day, when it, it happens all the time in wrestling, when you're told one storyline and you get another, are you happy with it? Not sure, um, but I was always a guy who did business. I did not did not matter about the storyline. If someone said, "Hey, we're not going to do this now. We're going to do it. We're not going to do X. We're going to do Y. We're not going to do Y. We're going to do Z." You know, just it's it's how it it's how it goes sometimes. And um, <clears throat> that's another that's another struggle. Like, because I'm never a person who is going to raise a fuss. You know, I I love wrestling. It doesn't matter if I'm wrestling in front of to 200 or 2,000 people. It doesn't matter. Like, I love wrestling. And, um, <clears throat> that's all I got there. But. Absolutely. So, so I mean, the, you know, and that that's kind of the roller coaster, right? It's kind of like you know, that, uh, uh, uh your place on the card, you know, getting, getting, getting to the show, getting, getting knocked off with an injury. Uh, yeah. you know, the, it, it sounds like it, it's, it's kind of a roller coaster, like day to day, month to month, uh, of where you're at with it. Yes. It always, always is like, mm-hmm. um, because as you are, uh, as you're, as you're like prepping your match, you have it, some wrestlers may have a tendency to go like, okay, I'm prepping. You're, you'll have this preconceived notion of, oh, you know, if I do this, it's going to take me down this trail of breadcrumbs, which is going to get me to the Rise Grand Championship. Yay! Like, but it may not go that way. Mm-hmm. Like, and um, <clears throat> it may be this trail of breadcrumbs takes you to like a really fantastic storyline, which sometimes is even better than like being being the, the champion, mm-hmm. you know, and um, <clears throat> I think that's that's what I like about wrestling, too, is sometimes it's not about being the champion. It's about being remembered. It's about um, <clears throat> just, sorry, train of thought is derailing. Uh, sometimes it's better to be, if you look at certain guys like Axel mm, Jim Duggan, Roddy Piper, uh, guys who didn't hold can hold the heavyweight title, you know, are they remembered? Absolutely. So while you are dealing with your match and you're dealing with, you know, when's my next booking, then you're dealing with, okay, I have to travel here and you're dealing with, uh, I have to handle my health plan. I have to make sure I have my checklist of 
self-care and such. Uh, I have to keep rehabilitating my injuries and I have to work through new injuries. So I think every wrestler out there is juggling those cards, juggling those balls all at the same time, mm-hmm. you know? <clears throat> and, um, sometimes there's, sometimes there's very little payoff with that, which can really drag you down. And <clears throat> sometimes there's a big payoff. Like, uh, the, uh, sometimes you're, you're working a bunch of matches and you're like, Oh man, I, I don't know. You just, you feel like you're plateauing. And then, um, you get a phone call from someone who says, Hey, they're doing, extra work for AEW. Are you free? You bet your ass I'm free. <laughs> so yeah. Um, you know, and it's, and, and those, those little moments where you're just like, when you think uh, wrestling is, you know, you're just like, oh man, I feel like I'm not doing it. You expect so much from yourself. And when you think wrestling is like, okay, you, this is as good as it's going to get, you know, like an opportunity knocks. So, mm-hmm. um, I'm sure there's some, maybe there's fans out there, maybe there's wrestlers out there who, you know, have you gone through that? Has mm-hmm. anyone gone through that moment of like, you've gone from year to year to year to year and nothing has happened, and then you have that moment of like, hey, you know, uh, we need some, we need security guards for TNA. You in? Like, and that's when it's a uh, pro wrestling is a very weird addiction mm-hmm. to close on that sort of note there. So, so we like I was telling you before we we just had our conversation with uh, uh, Robert Parker Williams, uh, referee Bobby Williams, and uh, yeah. Glenn Spector, uh, two guys that have been around for a long, long time in, in pro wrestling. Glenn, of course, exited several years ago, um, and, and done some pretty uh, look at some Glenn Spector matches and see who's been up against yeah. pretty much a who's who of the people you've watched over the last fifteen years coming through Pittsburgh that he's taken on, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so. You know, they talked about this concept, and maybe you know, because you're 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 at this different point in the career than than they are talking about this, kind of. Yeah. Um, and and it was in the vein of talking about what happened with Devil Budokan, of course. You know, yeah. uh, uh, of course, with the, uh, that whole situation. Uh, it, it, there's this this concept of like, kind of, you're in the Indies, you're doing your you're doing what you're doing, you're you're whatever that is, whether you're at full tilt or wherever. And there's like this, this thing that gets stuck in your head. It sounds like where maybe I don't go any further than this. Maybe this is the peak of it, you know? And, and it sounds like for it's, it's something that Bobby dealt with. It's something that Glenn dealt with. Like it becomes this crippling thing uh, for just everything at that point. Is, is this kind of one of those things that, that you found yourself kind of running into? Oh, absolutely. Um, when I was in when I was in Rise, especially because there is not only a an amazingly talented group there, every one of that roster is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're not just they're not just great in the ring. That is that is by far the best locker room in in Pennsylvania wrestling, not Pittsburgh wrestling, but Pennsylvania wrestling, because everyone there shakes their hand. Everyone, everyone shakes your hand. Everyone says hi. Everyone says get, gives you a hug. Um, if you have not received a, a hug from Keith Hot, then you are not living, my friend. Like he is, he's amazing. He's absolutely amazing, and everyone is just glowing. And there is always like uh, when we get our call and everyone sits down and talks about what what to do. It's it's so uplifting 
And to not have that right now is like, uh, it's, uh, it's just gets, it gets me. But, um, with that, with that, like the matches I had there, um, I always, I always loved opening the show because it just, it, I always felt it an honor. Um, and whoever ran it, like I, I was, did I want to be in the main event? Absolutely. Um, I was, but I'm okay with doing business. I'm okay with that. And I struggled with the whole insecurity of, um, I put on, am I put on first because they don't want to see me like, Oh good. We're done with him. Let's get rid of him. No, it's you open the show. You have, you have a great energy and you open the show. You set the tone. You, you do. You set the tone. Um, I remember, and I'll look, I'll, the, the guys in the back will tell you, uh, David Lawless especially because uh, we worked a bunch of matches. I uh, I would sometimes I would come back in the locker room and I'm just crying because like I was like oh man I, I I screwed up this I screwed up that shit ah what do I do you know and um, Connor the good man that he is uh, even before matches I would always say hey you know realize why you did this you know it's look remember pro wrestling is still fun mm-hmm. so. So keep that in mind. Go out there and have fun. And um, I'm going to drop uh, most or all the names uh, from Rise because they're amazing people. Uh, Marcus, especially, he would just say, uh, you okay? You, you good? You good? And I'd sit there and um, I don't know how to describe going from me to Drake, but it's kind of like uh, Dr. Jekyll drinking the potion and he's going, Oh shit! I've made a horrible decision, and uh, I would just sink on my little footlocker and say, "Oh gosh, what do I do? What do I do?" I'm putting on my gear, and I'm now I'm Drake. Let's let, let's go out and let's murder. Mm-hmm. Not really. Let's simulate murder. Okay. So, <laughs> getting from getting from there, uh, going out and being Drake Braddock for ten minutes is awesome. Then I come back and I'm like. I hope they like me. <laughs> like, it's it's really hard. It's mm-hmm. really hard because you have to you you have to sort of be that character all the time, mm-hmm. you know. Which, um, yeah. There's something to be said for for um, I, I've experienced this with some performance things I've done myself, and and kind of identified this, and I know this is kind of an ongoing thing. So so when you get to do professional wrestling. You've done, like you said, stage combat before. Um, mm-hmm. So you're kind of used to this um, kind of getting, you know, you talk about that transition to becoming Drake Braddock. Uh, 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 you know, you kind of said, I don't want to call it a high, but it, that there's no other better way for me to put it right now. Um, yes. You get this, this uh, 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 amped up, you get the adrenaline going and then there's the, you're done. And you're yeah. coming down from it. It, it. You know, this this seems to be amongst performers, especially something that does contribute to all the bad things that go with depression and in in dependencies and things like that. Is that a part? Is is part of that roller coaster kind of managing that as well on top of these other things? Uh, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> when you go out and you are when you go out and you are puffed for Midsummer Night's Dream mm-hmm. and you get to deliver, you know, thou speakest the right. I am that merry wanderer of the night. I just to Oberon make him smile when I have fat and bean fed horse beguile. 
I'm not going to say the whole damn thing, but like, well, we'll do a very to... special episode for that. Yes, yes, we will do a very special Midsummer Night Stream episode of Indie Mayhem Show. Mm-hmm. So, um, you are you are waxing poetics as a as a character, and like this is you know, and when you are embodying a character, and then you take that character off, you know, it's like. Who's more interesting? Who's more interesting? Me or Drake? Mm-hmm. And you almost have, it's its kind of weird sense of method acting where you almost have to mesh them together because they're one and the same. You know, Drake is just an amplified version of me. Um, as I, as I, as I walk to restaurants or something or when we could walk to restaurants, but there was, uh, I think it was out of Moe's or something. And I was walking and I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna get some food, yeah. And this the store manager came up and was like, hey, aren't you? And I'm like, yes, sir. He's like, I recognize the walk. And I'm like, oh, yeah, thanks, you know? And it's it's weird and humbling, but like, uh, going back to what you said, um, you always want your, you always want your character to, and you want, you want yourself and your character to always have that, sort of curtain there mm-hmm. that can be open and closed at any time because um it if i was drag 24 7 uh i would have thrown myself off a bridge a long time ago because I'm, I'm i'd be too intense i'm like I'm, well i it's weird to watch i i have a hard time watching my matches because i'm like he's there and i'm here and it's very weird you know <clears throat> but uh where was i where was i uh, yeah, as far as the depression, yeah, you, you take off that character and what's left? Mm-hmm. What's left from there? And you have guys who decide, hey, you know, I, I did a good job. I'm going to have a beer or two or three or four or some shots and such. And um, it can lead to that. Or, man, that was a great match. It's awesome. Who I don't feel so good. I'll take a few ibuprofen. I'll take a few Percocets. I'll take just a few of these pain pills, you know. And there's a there's sort there's a sort of how I say this, but there's a sort of substance abuse that projects in pro wrestling where um, you have that stage high. It's mm. I, I don't know what else to call it, but that stage health where you could be. Um, and I would describe this as my first match. Uh, you could be working a Starbucks uh, from 6 a.m. till 4 p.m., teach your martial arts class from 4.30 to 7.30, go to uh, the restaurant you work at as the doorman from 8 o'clock till 3 a.m., maybe get a couple hours of sleep, wake up, teach from 7 a.m. till 5 p.m., drive down to PW and then wrestle your first match. Yeah. So <laughs> you get, you get in the ring and you're like, yeah, I could do this. And you, you, you come back from the back locker room, like, holy shit. You know, it's, you, you, you don't stop, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, um, that, the, but those moments you stop and you're sort of in the sensory deprivation chamber and it's just you and your thoughts, you know, it's like, sometimes you say like, hey, did you do good enough? Are you good enough? I don't think you're good enough. You know, maybe you should just hang it up right now because that really wasn't as good as um, that wasn't as good as uh, the Booker wanted you. Yeah. You know, that's that's why you're opening the show. 
Yeah. You know, that's that's all it is. And those there's a lot of fake feelings there. And I think a lot of wrestlers struggle with those things, those insecurities, because you're you're I'm gonna I'm a guy dive deeper into like love languages. Uh, I think every pro wrestler's love language, whether they believe it or not, is they give acts of service and they want to receive affirmation. We these guys are putting their bodies on the line every single day. I'm gonna put myself through these thumbtacks. It's gonna be awesome. The crowd's gonna love it. The crowd's <laughs> gonna love me for putting all these thumbtacks in my back. Yay! You know, and it's like sometimes you put in the thumbtacks and it's like people sitting on their hands mm-hmm. and you're going and you're going why why what's that next crazy thing i have to do yeah you know yeah. Mm. you know and that's i think that's where a lot of uh, yeah absolutely it's it's a drug and if it's not one drug of pro wrestling it's it becomes another drug and another drug and another drug you know and so- uh so God think, bless it. I've never had an addictive personality where mm-hmm. you know I I never really struggled a lot with alcohol or pills or anything. You know, I've, it's always been just me and my thoughts. You know. So so I, I want to get to kind of the fan reactions and things like that because um, yeah. I, I think that lends into the story from a couple weeks ago we mentioned at the top of the show. But uh, Bradley's actually out there, not a wrestler, but a very avid wrestling fan. A very avid. A very fan. you could yes. say a fairly. Fairly uh, 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 energetic wrestling fan. <laughs> I think he's. I really think he's indifferent. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he's, he, he's talking about he had a job, uh, terrible management for years, underpaid, disregarded. I know. You know, I, I had conversations. He struggled with this for a good long time. The border tried to find a job, couldn't. He kept failing. Finally, the board of directors. Uh, uh, that owns them, uh, totally changed management, has a great, great boss now, trying to recover from the COVID situation, but much more comfortable to be there. Like, it, it's a night and day thing. You talked about about Rise and kind of, um, man, like, you know, it's a very, it's a great environment. You have uh, uh, people on top with Brandon and Marcus uh, and, 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 and the rest of the agents there that are, that are really kind of, like it, it, you, you can just feel a positivity when you walk backstage there. I know that Absolutely. versus, and I know you know different places are probably different vibes, whatever the whatever the, those may be over the years. Um, you know, can you, can you talk about a little bit how that lends towards uh, um, you know th- that kind of situation too? Um, as far as re- repeat the question one more time, I'm oh, sorry. So, uh, is, the the uh, influence of kind of the management and the the uh, yeah. the, the vibe <laughs> of the locker room. Yeah. Um. I will, I will say this uh, from the bottom of my heart. Uh, Brandon is like, Brandon's like my dad. He's, <laughs> he will always like, it's always those days where I'm like, Brandon, I don't know what to do. And he's like, shut up. You're fine. Like you're fine, man. I, I, and when you can hear, uh, I call him sensei all the time because he's always teaching me something new every day. But when you kind of hear him say, Hey, I was, I was just like you, you know, you remind me a lot of you. And I'm sure he said that to a lot of guys. Mm. And, um, but I feel like uh, when you have that locker room who totally understands um, who their people are, when you have, I think when you have a job that totally understands like, look, these, these guys are just starting out or some of these guys, they've been around for a very long time. Um, if you can do, if you can just be kind for that one day of work 
every and just keep doing it every single day and just keep chalking up those those kind days um, where you go in the locker room, you say hi to everyone, and it's so simple. It's so damn simple of just being nice, being respectful. Um, it really brings it really brings the room together when you have good people who just they, they want to have a good show. It's not about it's not about egos or anything. It's like uh, it's it is about the show. It is about the players. It's about the stars. It's about um, your stage and your audience. And unfortunately, we lost that stage, mm-hmm. but it's always going to be around. You know, it's always going to be around the and. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Sometimes, sometimes I don't derail. Sometimes the train just kind of goes stop. No, right it's there. fine. I mean, yeah. it's it, it, you know, it's forgiven. It's a heavy topic, understandably, mm-hmm. with everything. I mean, this is something that you've, you've seriously battled with. Uh, I do want to touch on you know you talked about the fans and we did talk about uh, the unfortunate yeah. passing of uh, 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 Hannah Kimura. Uh, in Japan, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it was it was an, an unfortunate suicide incident um, uh, yeah. led on uh, from all, all points uh, from cyberbullying that she was handling. Yeah. Um, you know, and and this is you know people at different levels and different you know uh, you know all over the place of, of of awareness of people and 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 getting targeted. Uh, you know, have have you ever had to deal with that kind of cyberbullying thing at, at some point? Seeing somebody who has in the business. Um, you know, this is kind of, this has become an issue. Yeah, absolutely. Um, granted, I, I, I will not be the person who says like, oh, I get a bad reaction or whatnot. Um, I'm the guy who gets no reaction, (laughs) which part of me is okay with. Part of me is okay with because there's a lot more talented people in me out there who, um, will probably get the haters going to hate sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, as far as cyberbullying, uh, I would say outside of wrestling, absolutely. Like, uh, I have I have students. This is has nothing to do with wrestling, but I have students who come up to me and say, uh, uh, "Sabo Nim, I I need help. Like, I need help with this. I have really bad anxiety because you know I, you know I I have some things I want to say, but I just don't know how to say them." And I was like, "Look." Look, you can ruin your career in 140 characters or less. Uh, <laughs> you can ruin friendships in 140 yeah. characters or less. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, I've I've dealt with a few uh, a few cases of cyberbullying. Um, you know, I I I may have I I've said I've said some things and it was taken the wrong way. I won't get into it, but you know, when I read the post, I went, wow. That's that's really hurtful. So, um, I confronted the person and said, "Hey, I'm I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to." And they just they said they, they said, "Good. I'm glad you're I'm glad you're sorry. I don't I don't want anything to do with you anymore. Like, I understand. I'll give you your space, which is hard too because they were a really good friend. And uh, sometimes the wrong thing is said, and you know you just you just kind of have to deal with those consequences. Um. But yeah, it's it's really it's it's hard to not just not just with everything's going on, but it's really hard to see really good people uh, get picked on by people who have no idea who these amazing wrestlers are. Like 
the one guy that if I could go through the roster of amazing people um, who are probably struggling right now, uh, I would probably say PB Smooth. I see him all the time posting something that's positive. Uh, I know he has the the uh, air bike uh, fun for our buddy Duders there, mm-hmm. and I'm plugging that. Please, please check that out. It's going to happen soon. Um, I need to get my photo up to that. And um, but I always. I think because he's a wrestler of color and with what's going on in the world right now, I'm sure there's a lot of, I wouldn't even say bullying right now, but he's, I, I can see him standing up for himself. And I've had some, uh, I've, I've reached out to him a few times. I, I hope he was okay. Um, because like we have so much protesting and so much negativity going on, but, um, I always see him. I always see him working out. Like, hey, I built my own gym. Like, that's <laughs> holy shit, man. Yeah, keep keep doing it. I just kind of like once in a while, I was like, hey, man, good shit. Like, yeah, awesome. Um, I haven't been much right now because I've just been. Uh, they went green, and uh, I'm going back to work. So, um, but yeah, is, is cyberbullying an issue? <sighs> I think bullying right now is an issue. Mm-hmm. It's it's a big issue. Not, it's not just on a computer. It's it's happening now. It's and there's people who are up in arms about it, literally. Like, yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, like it's it's not treating people well <laughs> in the long run. No, yeah, no. People yeah. people just need to be kind. Be be kind. Like, I I heard this today and it was amazing. Um, just to tap on what's happening presently. Um. For for someone for someone to say uh, racism is you know, inherited is, is BS. Uh, you can only learn to be a bigot. You can only learn to be separating yourself from another race. To say you are superior to someone because of the color of their skin is just pardon my French. It's fucking stupid. It's really stupid. Uh, we're all one race. We're we are. This is not my words. Uh, I don't know who it was. Uh, Jason, Mo- it was Jason Momoa's post on Instagram, but she said it far better than I did. But like, we're all one race. We're all one race of people, and um, we need to keep it that way. And for someone to have separated us into six or seven races, that's insane. That's insane. But then again, I'm. I, I wish I could. I wish I could be in the shoes of other other people of color. You know, I I don't I I can't. It's it's weird to say like I, I wish I could stand up for them, but I want to do it there. I want to do it appropriately. I want to ask them how can I do this? How can I help out? Yeah. You know, and the thing I'm doing right now is just I'm, I'm being kind. I'm trying to be positive, and that's uh, that's really all I have right now as far as the bullying. <laughs> Sorry, we went from we we the train has now derailed, fallen off into the bridge, <laughs> went to the river, uh, went down the uh, into the cul-de-sac onto another track that's in the middle of suburbia. So. That's fine. <laughs> that is absolutely fine. Hey, yeah. it, it, it's things that need to be said, right? Uh, and, absolutely. And, uh, is there any um, last minute for anybody dealing with depression? Anybody dealing with? Uh, uh, you know the depression, the anxiety uh, around wrestling, around uh, just just say trying to accomplish things. 
um, that can maybe translate to anybody else uh, that's not in the ring, per se, that might be listening to this. Uh, do you have any last words of wisdom to, to help them through? Um, yes. Uh, I'm, I'm going to do my best to make them my own words, but um, part of them is going to be someone, something that someone told me and uh, something that I always tell myself. And uh, every time you wake up, uh, make your bed because you're going to accomplish the first task of the day. And that's going to help you accomplish another task and another task and another task. And for the wrestlers out there who, you know, you have your persona, your day job, for those 10 minutes, 10 to 15, 20 minutes, or if you're Lee Moriarty, for those 60 to 80 minutes you are in the ring, go and be that goddamn best wrestler you can be. Go and be that most amplified person you can be. And when you are done, enjoy it, reap it, and then the next day, you're at day zero. Treat every day like it's day zero. Because if you, if you keep looking back, then you're not going to get anywhere. Right? So always treat every day like day zero because eventually those days are going to run out. Um, day zero is a term my drill sergeant said. Because mm-hmm. there's no such thing as day one. You know, it's, it's always going to be day zero. And once you finish one day, you get to be better. And then you get to start a new day as that better person. You get to sit another day, another day, another day, another day. Um, I didn't rehearse that. I just, <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> I just, I love wrestling and I miss it. And um, I miss some of my friends and uh, I hope they're doing well. Mm-hmm. I really hope they're doing well. I hope you're doing well. I hope everyone's doing well. Um, PB, Matt Connor, uh, Chris LaRusso. Uh, I'm dropping so many names. Uh, Badger, uh, uh, Tatiana Rose, uh, Lola Bradbury, Marcus Mann, Brandon Kay. Uh, you guys are absolutely amazing, and uh, I wouldn't be here without you guys. Awesome. Uh, there's so many more, but we're short on time. But. <laughs> ah, we're, <laughs> we're fine. We're fine. It's, it's a podcast. We got, we got a block. We got a block and a half. Uh, Can we... Can we talk about Henry Rollins for another uh, hour? Oh, that? <laughs> oh, oh that, yeah. That was part of the pitch was, and we'll talk about Henry Rollins. What, we'll uh, talk about Henry Rollins, yeah. Um, the Iron Never Lies, that was like another part of it. Like when he talks about the Iron Never Lies, those 200 pounds never lie. Like, ah. Uh, Wait, so, uh, so explain this to me. So so what, what the Iron Never Lies, are we talking about weights? Are we, we what are we? Um, uh, Henry Rollins, he, it was it was a poem, but it was like it was uh, it was along the lines of people said uh, uh, people can say things to you, people can hurt you, but like the iron never lies. You know, the iron, the I don't know the exact quote, but um, <clears throat> two hundred pounds will always be two hundred pounds, and the iron never lies, and that's going to help you get stronger. Uh, Henry Rollins, I don't know the I I'm. I can't cite my sources right now with my hands, but yes, that's that's another great quote by him. The iron never lies. There you go. Well, thank you so much, Drake. Uh, it's been great to, to follow. Uh, I'm glad you've been it able. It has to been an part- absolute pleasure. Thank I'm you. I'm glad you've been able to participate in the show here in, our, in your time off because you have so much time to. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Yes. So yes. Um, thank you so much for this. Uh, again, if people want to, um, you know, do you mind people reaching out to you on social media? What's that? You mind people reaching out to you on social media if they uh, want to chat? Please, um, please reach out to me. Message me. Um, my door is open. I'm a, I'm a, I, I teach. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a, I'm a teacher by at heart because I just want to make people feel better. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Reach out to me. Message me. Uh, uh, Dojang Pirate at uh, Instagram. It's it's me and Drake at the same time. Uh, <laughs> my kid is on there. My dog is on there. My wife is on there. Like. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, message, uh, messenger, Facebook, uh, Twitter. I I was on it for a, a twelve seconds, and I was going to change my photo, and then I uh, saw a kitty, and I forgot what I was doing. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm on Twitter. Um, yeah, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We cover them all. I need to get Twitch. I need to get TikTok. Uh, right? Is that a thing I, now? You know, just if, if how's your dancing? How's your dancing? How's my dancing? I am actually a really good, really good bachata dancer. Okay. So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to do well. Um, um, do that. Also, hit up the Rev, uh, Ron Hunt, for tips on TikTok. Because he's been doing yes. insane on Oh, man. Just download, yeah. download um, just to see what he's up to. Uh, the Rev, and uh, I always see Jackson Argos posting stuff where mm-hmm. he did, like, comparison shots of his Sports Illustrated. Yes. Uh, oh, photos is... with the bottles. Oh, my God. Yeah, he did. He, like, I was dying. He like, did the. Uh, he was. He was uh, 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 mimicking the the WWE Divas swimsuit uh, edition, I believe. <laughs> so uh, it's like him, him doing Lita's pose, Trish Stratus's pose, and like down the line, basically. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's um, pretty fantastic. That that is something I I tell like because there's younger guys who are doing far better than I am, and I'm mm-hmm. like, hey guys. Uh, I messaged him like, "Hey, keep doing what you're doing." It's like, "Oh, thanks, man!" I'm like, "No, really, keep doing what you're doing. You're doing a far better job than me. Please keep doing it." <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yes, thank you, Drake. Go follow him. Thank you, everybody. And please, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, if if you're running into issues, especially with things going on, please speak up, talk to somebody, uh, 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 put a tweet out, whatever the case may be. Uh, you never know. And uh, and uh, hopefully everybody is doing well out there. Thank All you right. so much. I know a lot of crazy, have a good one. A lot of crazies happening uh, going on right now. Please check out our things at indywrestling.us. We got uh, uh, Rise Wrestling and actually Drake. Here's a plug because Drake is involved in the Rise Wrestling Fire Pro Series. That That's is right. Happening. On That's the right. <laughs> Tyler Klein, I'm coming for you. Bud. That's right. That mm-hmm. is, I believe, You're nervous, Tyler. You should be. I believe that is exclusive to the Rise Wrestling Patreon page. But there is a fantastic trailer with an eight-bit version of the introduction to Rise. That's fantastic. That's amazing. I love oh, it. please check it out. I love uh, Fire it. for Wrestling S. Please the, check it out. The crew behind the scenes there at Rise that put that thing together is just just amazing. I love it. Love it. So I, I, there's a lot of great stuff happening, even though a lot of people can't get in the ring or at least in the ring around fans. So please look out for it and please continue to support indie wrestling. We'll see you guys next time. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at Sorgatron Media dot com.